All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Derm of the Day podcast. Today, we're going to switch it up a little bit and going to do what I call rapid recall. Basically, with all the content we've covered in episodes up to this point, I'm just going to pick kind of some high yields and do some rapid recall questions so you can quiz yourself um, as obviously a you know quick review. So we'll jump right into it. First, what is the epidermal layer responsible for regeneration? This is going to be the stratum basale, where the stem cells are located. What is the epidermal layer responsible for pigmentation? This is also the stratum basale, where the melanocytes are located. How about the cell junction type between keratinocytes? This is going to be desmosomes. How about if I ask the cell junction that anchored the epidermis to the basement membrane? That would be a hemidesmosome. Which macroscopic lesions are flat or non-palpable? Those are going to be macules and patches. All right, let's compare the hypersensitivity type for eczema compared with contact dermatitis. So in eczema, you're going to have a type 1 or IgE-mediated hypersensitivity, whereas in contact dermatitis, you're predominantly going to have a type 4 or T-cell-mediated delayed hypersensitivity reaction. What is the differential diagnosis for flexor versus extensor scales in an adult? If you see flexor, you want to think more atopic dermatitis. Whereas if you see extensor scales, you want to think more psoriasis. What is treatment for fever and umbilicated vesicles in a patient with eczema? This is going to be acyclovir. The diagnosis here would be eczema herpeticum. What is your diagnosis if you see yellow, greasy scale mentioned in a question? This will be seborrheic dermatitis. Your treatment will be topical ketoconazole, selenium sulfate, or corticosteroids. What is your diagnosis if you have a positive Nikolsky sign, less than 10% skin involvement, compared to greater than 30% skin involvement? If you have less than 10%, that's going to be Steven Johnson syndrome, compared to if you have greater than 30%, that is going to be toxic epidermal necrolysis key and bold is positive Nikolsky sign. How about if you have a positive Nikolsky sign in a pediatric patient and this patient also has fever? This, you should uh, start to think staphylococcal scalded skin syndrome due to either staph aureus or strep pyogenes. What is your diagnosis if you see painful raised nodules on the shins? It's going to be erythema nodosum. You want to treat with compresses and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. How about if you see targetoid lesions on the palms and soles associated with herpes simplex? This should get you thinking of erythema multiforme, and the treatment of this is supportive care. What is your differential for flaccid bullae versus tense bullae? So flaccid, you want to think more pemphigus vulgaris compared to tense bullae, 
unithink bolus pemphigoid. The way I remember this is the tense bole, they're a little bit stronger, kind of hardier, so that's going to be a deeper process within the epidermis. And if you remember bolus pemphigoid, that's going to be primarily below the epidermis, kind of anchoring with the hemidesmosomes, the epidermis, to the basement membrane. All right, what is the HLA association for pruritic elbow and knee vesicles and bloating? Okay, this should think of dermatitis herpetiformis. It's going to be HLA-DR3 and HLA-DQ2. So HLA-DR3 and HLA-DQ2. Which organism or strain of this certain virus is involved in oral compared to genital herpes? And what is the location of latency for this specific organism? So for oral, HSV1 is going to be more common, and the latency for HSV1 will be in the trigeminal ganglion, whereas if you have genital herpes, it's more likely to be HSV2 with latency in the sacral ganglion. So I think of it as one comes first, so it's kind of higher up, and two comes second, so that's gonna be a little bit lower down. Um, think more genital and sacral uh, with the ganglion for latency there. All right, what is the most accurate test for HSV? So that is gonna be a viral culture or a PCR. When would you see multinucleated giant cells for HSV? So that um, is kind of going to be a buzzword for a zinc smear. Um, and tests will sometimes still test the multinucleated giant cells. But again, if they ask for most accurate test, you want to think of viral culture or PCR for HSV. What would your next step be for grouped vesicles involving a unilateral nose and eye distribution? So this you're gonna think of herpes zoster ophthalmicus and your next step would be an urgent ophthalmology consult and IV acyclovir. What is the expected histology for dome-shaped papule with central umbilication? So this, think of molluscum contagiosum, and your histology is going to be eosinophilic inclusion bodies, which would be your molluscum bodies. What is the mechanism of oncogenesis in HPV strains 16 and 18? E6 disables P53, while E7 disables RB, P21, and P27. And all of these lead ultimately to uninhibited keratinocyte proliferation and can ultimately lead to the development of cancer. All right, next, what is your treatment of choice if you see a question stem mention a, quote, honey-colored crust? This will be topical mepiracin. Your diagnosis should favor impetigo. All right, how about if you see poorly demarcated erythema with a fever compared to well-defined erythema and fever? And with that erythema, I'm referring to skin lesions with either poorly demarcated or well-defined erythema, both of which have a fever. So 
poorly defined, that's going to favor cellulitis, whereas a well-defined erythema with fever, that's going to favor erysipelas. What are your next steps for discolored skin with a foul odor and crepitus? Next steps should be emergent surgical debridement plus broad-spectrum antibiotics for suspected necrotizing fasciitis. What is the treatment progression for acne? First line will be topical retinoids and benzoyl peroxide. Moving on, your second line will be topical antibiotics, then oral antibiotics, and then an oral retinoid. So, start with topical retinoids and benzoyl peroxide, move on to topical antibiotics, then oral antibiotics, and then an oral retinoid. So, Keep that in mind, can get you quite a few questions right, and will definitely benefit you on rotations. Moving on, what is your treatment of choice for cutaneous lesions with associated hair loss and decreased sensation over the lesions? You should choose Dapsone or Rifampin, definitely thinking leprosy in this case. What is your diagnosis if you have a KOH prep showing uh, spaghetti and meatballs? Gonna think tinea versicolor due to malassezia furfur. What is the causative agent of a patient presenting with fever, headache, and petechial rash? It's gonna be Neisseria meningitidis. What is the initial treatment for white oral plaques that can be scraped off? Gonna think Nystatin swish and spit or swish and swallow. This is oral candidiasis. What is the difference in treatment between tinea corporis and tinea capitis? For tinea corporis, you want to use more topical agents, whereas for tinea capitis or onychomycosis, you want to think more oral medications, including terbinafin, griseofulvin, itraconazole. All right, so that's all we have for you today. Hopefully this little brief review can kind of get you thinking on your toes. I encourage you as you listen through uh, to maybe listen through more than once. And as you're quizzing yourself, you can actually pause the recording to give yourself some time to think after each question before you come up with your answer. Um, and like I said, hopefully this is helpful and we'll see you on the next episode.